challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, great to have you with me here on the Great Man Podcast. Before I even dive into my topic for this episode, let me challenge you. What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you putting into your brain and your heart that will make you a better man? Are you reading good books? Are you watching good videos? Are you listening to good series? What are you doing? Are you even watching good movies and digesting them with other men, learning the principles of manhood from them? Make sure you're feeding all the time. In the same way you can't build muscle without taking in good nutrition, you can't build great manhood without digesting good stuff. And I've made many, many recommendations throughout our time together, so I'm sure I don't need to do that now, but make sure you are feeding well, and if I may coin a phrase, feed manly. All right, listen, I want to dive into a topic that I feel very strongly about and that I've found some science for. Can you believe it? I'm going to actually talk about science uh, in this particular podcast. I have long believed that people who are going to be great souls and men who are going to be great men have got to learn to let the little things go. They've got to learn not to let little stuff picky stuff, uh, eat at them. They also have to figure out a way to interpret what they've experienced so it doesn't dominate their future. Even the small things, you spill a cup of coffee, you have a bad drive to work or yeah, whatever, you have to put it into a frame of understanding. Otherwise, it becomes almost a magnet that draws other kinds of negative experiences to you. Well, let me briefly tell you about a study that I've just read that confirms this, and let me apply it then to your life even more fully. Uh, in Science Daily, which is something that I read, an online service I read, um, to, just to keep up on science, I'm not very much of a scientist or very very given to stats and numbers and all that, as I've said many times, but there's a piece in the Science News, uh, again, uh, a, a period called Science Daily Online. It says, don't let the small stuff get you down. Your well-being may depend on it. Now, that sounds very motivationally and, you know, very kind of pop psychology oriented. But the bottom line is that there has been a study uh, led by the University of Miami psychologists, and they are analyzing how a person's brain evaluates fleeting negative stimuli, just small stuff like I've already said, bad drive to work, drop a, co a cup of coffee, spill something, have a hassle in the morning. And they say that the longer the brain holds on to a negative stimulus, to a negative experience, the, the, the more it's going to condition life going forward, uh, the, the more it diminishes reported uh, life satisfaction, the less happy the individual is, the less engaging the individual is, uh, and the more they're going to draw still other negative things to them. They're going to see the world through a negative lens. This is unbelievably important. And so uh, one of the PhDs in the Department of Psychology is reporting in the in the journal uh, the Journal of Neuroscience, very important journal. Here's the quote: Basically, we found that the persistence of a person's brain in holding on to a negative stimulus is what predicts more negative and less positive daily emotional experience. 
That, in turn, predicts how well they think they're doing in their life. Now, again, I'm not turning into Deepak Chopra here. I'm not trying to just be motivational. I have long believed that a great man, a great soul, man or woman, uh, has a, a, a transcendent attitude towards life, rises above the small things, rises above uh, the little negatives that happen. You spill something, you laugh it off, you clean it up, you go on. You know, you say, oh, I can be, I can sure be clumsy sometimes. Ha ha. You move on. But life's good. The day's going to be good. You're going to do good things. It's going to be a day of destiny. You're going to accomplish stuff. You're not going to let spilled coffee be a problem. Uh, you read, in my case, some of us who are a little bit in the press and a little bit reviewed and a little bit, um, you know, folks who are gunning for them maybe online, you read something critical of yourself. You look at it. You see if there's any wisdom in it. Uh, you take what you can take. You move on. Some people like me. Some people don't. That's life. That's what it means to be visible. You don't let it define you. But some folks have just developed lifetime habits of hanging on to every negative stimulus, every argument, every every negative word, every critical thing, uh, even their self-talk, which is something I believe very much in, what they're saying to themselves. You're so stupid. You're so fat. You don't look good. Your dad was right. You'll never amount to anything. You understand that kind of thing. Um, all of that becomes... Uh, something they wrap their psychology around. Uh, I've had people come into an office where I worked years ago, and I, and I could tell they were upset. I said, what's, what's wrong? And the things they listed, now don't misunderstand, I, I, I care about the big things, but the things they listed as, as leading to their angry, frankly rude, inappropriate attitude, and by the way, self-destructive attitude, were very small. I, my car didn't start, and I had to get it jumped. I spilled this. I did that. You know, the, the whatever. The electrical company called again. I'm not saying these things aren't going to have something of a negative effect, but what this study is showing, we'll put the article in the show notes, what this study is showing, or is really confirming, is that the longer the, the longer you let these things settle in you, the longer you wrap your brain about around them, the longer you allow your emotions to be conditioned by them, um, the more this becomes biologically kind of a habit in your soul, um, and then also the more you're going to draw other negative experiences, view life through the negative, and be negative. Now, a great man has got to be a large soul. A great man has got to be able to rise above insult. A great man has got to be able to fail, uh, even in a small daily way, and certainly in, in the broader issues of life, and transcend, rise above. I failed at this. I'm going to do better. This didn't go well. I, I, I believe the future's still bright. I've got time to live this down. Uh, you've got to reach for the positive. This is not just so you can have, you know, cute little sayings on your refrigerator and go around with silly, happy talk. I mean, if some guy had a car accident and emerged from it and popped out and said to me, hey, every day and every way I'm getting better and better, I would think he was a little detached, a little bit mentally troubled. Um, you don't want happy talk and motivational speak just to to replace serious thought. But you also can't wrap your soul around the negative. And by the way, we all have enough negative in our lives to become sour, negative, dark, uh, emotionally dark people. And so what you've got to do, what a man's got to do, what a person's got to do, I've got women listening to this podcast, welcome to you, I'm thrilled. But what a man and a woman has to do, what a great soul has to do 
is to figure out the trajectory that's like an airplane lifting off the runway. What is it that fuels you to rise above? What is it that fuels you to keep negative stimuli short term? What is it that fuels you to ascend? I've had failures. You've had failures. I've been told insulting things. I'm unhappy with some things about myself. Uh, you know, there, there, are, there are things that just aren't where they ought to be. And by the way, if everything was perfect today, if I let myself, I can go back to what that girl said when I was 16. I can go back to those friends betraying me back when. I can go back to hard things that were said by maybe parents at an angry moment or coaches or whatever. You understand what I mean. I can go back to that teacher who didn't give me the appropriate grade. You can always live in the negative stimulus of your life because there's enough negative stimulus in your life to fuel a life-deforming negative. But great souls, positive people, achieving people, keep those negative stimuli short-term and put this is my language, not the researchers, a grid of understanding on it. Even a simple thing like, look, what doesn't kill me makes me better. You know, I know it's in a Kelly Clarkson song, but it's not a bad sentiment. What doesn't kill me makes me better. What doesn't, what doesn't defeat me makes me better. I get better at being insulted and rising above. I get better when I'm betrayed or have been betrayed in my life. I get better when something doesn't go well. I learn from it. I ascend. And so you keep the negative stimuli short term. Now, listen, I spend a lot of time talking to men. I spend a lot of time talking to men about their lives, older men talking about the trajectory of their lives, what happened, what went wrong, what went well, what they wish they could do again, what they wish they had done. I spend time with younger men and their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations. And I want to tell you that one of the things that determines a great soul I want to use the phrase a manly soul. If I was talking to women, I'd say a womanly soul, womanly soul, because I believe it's both. But but talking to men right now, a big hearted, manly soul, the happy warrior we're all called to be is that you get on top of the negative in your life, that you keep the impetus of it short term. Don't let it dominate you. Don't let it drag on. Put a, put a bow on it. Close it off. I don't mean pack it away emotionally so you don't feel it, um, but if relationships go go south or there's a tense moment, uh, fix it as quickly as you can. Uh, understand, hey, this is how flawed human beings are, and I'm going to make this better when I see that guy at lunch. Get it, get it contained in a sense. Don't let it flow into the rest of your life. Don't let it dominate you because if you do, it will shape the way you perceive the world and it will do so in negative terms. It will then make you a negative person, diminishing your leadership, dimin diminishing your manly influence, uh, and diminishing uh, you living in your own soul. The point is not just to uh, do fantasy stuff, but the point is to realize negative stimulus happens. Negative things happen. You've got to contain it. You've got to limit its flow, its after effect, its wake. You've got to bring it into a grid of understanding. That's why when someone gets the view, uh, not just that negative things happen to them because they're cursed or they're ugly or people don't like them, but negative things happen. And by the way, if you approach them the right way, you can ascend, you can be better. When a person just adopts that basic view just that much, their life changes for the better. I talk to a lot of men, a lot of men are tainted by bitterness, a lot of men are tainted by anger, a lot of men are tainted by the past. And if you're going to be the great soul, if you're going to be the big man, if you're going to be a man with, a, with an ascending life, 
You've got to take a look honestly at the negative in your life, but you've got to have a grid of understanding it, understanding it in terms of how it comes to do you good. I mean, I mean, I'm a Christian. And so this, in the book of James, first chapter, it, it literally, one translation says, when hard times come, welcome them as friends. They come to do you good. Now, that's not the King James, but that's one of the cool modern translations. And I like that translation because that's the truth of life. And then the other thing is don't let it drag on in your soul. Don't rehearse it. Don't keep it alive for months. Don't let it form a worldview, a condition of soul, a state of an emotional state that then, of course, attracts other negative. It is true. I'm not, you don't have to be Deepak Chopper to believe this, that a life filled with negative emotion attracts other negative experiences. There's, there's no question about that. that. That's true in a marriage. That's true in a friendship. That's true in business. So what am I trying to say? The art, one of the arts of great manhood is that you realize there will be negative things in this life. That's just living in this world. But part of the part of the skill is that you contain it. You put a grid of understanding on it. You you make sure you understand what good it can do for you, how it can make you better. A little squabble with the wife this morning. Okay, you two talk it out. You come to some conclusions. You understand better. You're going to have a stronger marriage for it. Great. Well, then you're not rehearsing it. Then you're not letting those emotions lag forever. The scientists are teaching us this literally rewires our brains. And that, in turn, deforms our life. I want you to be a big-hearted man. I want you to be a big soul. I want you to be a positive influence. I, I, I want you to, to, just, to just breathe positive. I want people just to feel emanating from you. Um, this sense of happy warrior, this sense of we can do this, we can take this, we can build this, we can make this happen. Come on, let's do it together. But if you allow even small stimuli to destroy your life, in fact, I, I got to interrupt myself and say, I've actually talked to men and women who are fundamentally negative people and know it when I ask them why, it really goes back to having allowed small stuff earlier in their life to dominate them emotionally. Big things didn't really happen. They just dwelled on the negative so much. A guy broke up with them. Okay, that happens. I'm not putting it down. It hurts. I had a girl break up with me when I was 16, but it didn't define my life. It didn't define the way I saw myself. She just liked the other guy with bigger muscles. That's all there was to it. So I got bigger muscles and life got better, you know, in terms of the whole dating life of a, of a teenager. You see what I'm saying? Get on top of it. Get a grid of understanding. Don't let it flow in the stream of your life. Fight against it, so to speak. Have maxims in your mind that help you ascend. And be aware that you are building, you are, you are contributing, you are feeding your inner life all the time by how you perceive your experiences. The negative ones come, they do you good. The positive ones, they're easy to digest. Let it all build a big-hearted, passionate positive, I'll rise above it, whatever it is, kind of attitude. And so this is not just motivational speak. This is about shaping the heart of a man so he can do what he's made to do, because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the great man movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire. 
as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production. 